this is Heather Langenkamp from the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and you are listening to the Don't Go Out There podcast. Zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist. It's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. We just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all support. It means it means the world to us, and you know we always like to bring you guys some some awesome interviews with the icons of the horror genre. Today we are joined by an absolute legend in the business with over fifty plus credits to her name as actress, writer, and director in a career that spans nearly forty years. Most known for her iconic role as Nancy in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, Heather Langenkamp. It's an absolute honor. Thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing just great, and thanks for having me. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate this. Uh, just to kick this off, we're just going to ask, how, how'd you get into acting? Well, I got into acting by a fluke, really. I mean, I loved acting. I had acted in high school and uh, really loved it, but didn't know how to get into it professionally. And then in my hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma, Francis Ford Coppola made two films the summer before I went to college. And I went down to the casting office and took a picture and did a small interview for the casting director, Janet Hershenson. And I got to be an extra in The Outsiders. And then I got right. a speaking role in Rumblefish and got my SAG card. So that was it. And once I got that my SAG card, I, I happened to be going to college at Stanford in California. So it made it easy to, you know, fly down to Los Angeles for auditions. Right. Janet Hershenson really helped me get some an agent, all the hard things that you have to do. <laughs> and obviously you're so in, you're so ingrained and embedded in the horror genre now between your roles, acting and your involvement and you and your husband's, you know, special effects company. Were you a fan of horror growing up or is that something that came after you acted in the genre? It's so funny because it's never been like my favorite genre. It never <laughs> still isn't, unfortunately. Right. I wish it were because I'm just surrounded by so many talented people in that field, but right. my brain just doesn't really love to get scared. I don't like it. I don't look out for it. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, I've just been in really scary situations in my life, just, you know, where you find yourself that I don't like to be scared on top of that. So, right. um, I don't know why people do. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you, could ask, you could answer a few questions from me about that. I don't get it. I don't right. get it sometimes, especially in how scary the world is today. Right. Uh, to add another little layer, maybe it's a way of people dealing with fear, which is a, a kind of how I've come to like think about it, is that to right. deal with your own fear, it helps to watch scary movies because right. you get to, in, a, in a pretend situation, get to handle it. And then you walk out with maybe more skills than you used to have. So right. I've come to think that that's probably why people like it. I think you're, yeah, I think you're yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're accurate on that one. I'm, I'm <laughs> but, pretty you sure. Know, everyone in my family hates the sight of blood. Like, it's really ironic. Both <laughs> my and my husband, if you cut your finger, they're like swooning in the background. They do not like the sight of wow. blood. Wow. 
So it's very strange that our family is now known for this, you know, being in this genre. <laughs> uh, so speaking of that, you know, we've had uh, Robert and Jay Zoo on from the original Nightmare too, and we've we've asked kind of them the same question. But uh, could you tell us, you know, how how did you score that role in Original Nightmare? I mean, how did how did how did you go from an extra and the iconic outsiders like you talked about to obviously the role you're most known for uh, as Nancy? Well, back in 1983 and 84 and 85, it was such a big. Um, time for young actors you know you had the brat pack you had all these movies featuring young people so hollywood is really looking for a lot of young people you know in their late teens early 20s to fill all these roles and um television you know was getting you know more shows with kids in them and so that was like one of the reasons why it was easier to get auditions i think for someone like me who didn't have a lot of experience looking around a lot of women and men didn't have any experience i mean right. i've maybe done a movie of the week and a couple of after school specials and you know some commercials so there wasn't a lot of uh expectation that anybody had a lot of experience and these kinds of roles in independent films like nightmare on elm street uh, they just put out a cattle call, and, and if your agent saw, oh, they're looking for a 16, 17-year-old girl, she would have sent in every client that she had that would fit that role. So probably a lot of people had their pictures submitted to get that part. Like in the old days, the the agents had your actual headshots in piles, and they would oh, yeah. you know, put them Absolutely. in, <laughs> have a messenger on a bike, like, send them over to the casting agent or um, there, it was just a totally different time. And then the casting agent would open the envelope and just sort through the pictures and say, Oh, she looks good. You know, it was very much based on just how you looked in your photo. And wow. I got, I got an audition, which was great. And <laughs> had a couple of callbacks and then Wes in the final callback just said, congratulations, you get the job. So it was really awesome. exciting. Well, the movie wouldn't have been the same without you. I'm just going to let you know now. <laughs> I, I hope I hope not. I mean, I, like I gave my all in that role. I did everything I could to be the best I could possibly be, and uh, I'm really proud of it. Um, so, you know, you obviously you worked with the late Wes Craven multiple times. Um, can you talk a little bit about your experiences uh, working with him? Um, obviously, he became such an icon in the business, and you got to work with him uh, at the start of it and, you know, at the later on in his career with New Nightmare, um, which basically laid the groundwork for Scream and stuff like that. So uh, could you talk a little bit about your experiences uh, working with him? Yeah, I was so lucky because um, I got to work with a filmmaker who really was just starting out, but he was extremely confident. He never, ever doubted his own ideas or his own vision. He always had something really strong, some strong idea which, you know, now that I've had more experience, is rare, you know. A lot of directors come off really strong, like they know what they're doing, but when you actually see the final product, it's like not, like sometimes you're just disappointed, like it didn't turn out as well as you thought it would. But with Wes, I mean, his vision was always right on and really scary. He could set up the set in a way that was, you know, very dynamic. The actors were always you know, really uh, motivated to do their best work for him, which 
is something that is hard to achieve to have all your actors be right there for you, you know, That's all right. day long and all night long. And we would do anything for him. We just loved him and he was kind of weird and we were protective of him because he was an interesting, weird kind of guy. And, um, he was not your normal Hollywood director, that's for sure. And um, and so all of us over the years, you know, and even the producers that worked with him, you know, they were always trying to get him, you know, in the most comfortable position where he could do his best work. And and I was lucky to work with him for three for three films. And I want to ask you a quick follow up to that before Mike's going to ask you about your uh, special effects crew, but. In 1984 was your first was your first role as Nancy. Then in 1994 you played you know yourself in New Nightmare. What what was the difference in approach that you took between 1984 and 1994? I'm just curious on I'm that. I'm so glad you asked that, by the way. <laughs> well, the biggest event of my life happened, you know, about three years earlier. I had a baby, and um, Nancy was this teenager who was really strong, and you know. Uh, a girl in many ways turning into a woman like you're really getting the sense that she's going to walk out of that movie either you know and be a, a woman you know she right. just went through all that and uh, Wes really wanted to make this uh, very clear that Nancy was even taking over for her mother and like babying her mother in a way right so the whole role right. re- re- reversed in that movie and then Wes wrote new nightmare and after I had a baby like you just can't even believe how different you feel as a woman in the world you just feel more powerful which is hard to believe because Nancy was so powerful but that you have this huge responsibility to take care of your baby and and make sure you're protecting it no matter what you know you have this I always call it your mama bear instinct just I don't know where it comes from it just comes in literally you would kill somebody for your child right so that happened to me and I know Wes he was very familiar you know he had kids of his own but that's in every woman you know and in some degree and he wrote a script that actually really um showcased that feeling Mm -hmm. In in a in a horror movie you know the true like I always my through line was I have to protect my baby like I have to take care of him and make sure Freddie doesn't get him. And and that was such an easy part to play for me. It was very natural. I automatically could understand everything Wes was trying to get out in that. And all the things that you will do, even die for your child. And so that was just always in the background. And, and I love that role for that reason, because I was able to show one kind of character grow up and become this other kind of woman and not many people in film land get to do that. Absolutely right. Uh, by the way, New Nightmare is one of my personal favorites. But uh, so talk to us a little bit about your transition into special effects. We, you know, we knew you were heavily involved in it as far, you know, as far back as the Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, that's one of Brian's favorite movies. And then you can transition into your work with Cabin in the Woods, which is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> so I, I love the effects in that movie. The Merman is great. Everything in that movie is so cool. If you do, you love that I do it's related because you know having my own kids I had to make a lot of really tough choices and um you know you can't have it all I know 
you just can't. I, I couldn't, I couldn't get good work and keep my kids at home with and be there for them and make them dinner and I couldn't do all the things that I wanted to do. Right. And um, and plus, you know, when you're in your mid thirties as a actress, your career often takes this really sad dip. You know, just the parts out there are mainly for girls in their twenty or women in their twenties. Or women in their 50s, you know, there's this huge kind of wasteland, at least in the 90s there was. Now I don't think it's as bad. But it was really hard to even find a role for a mid-30s kind of character. So after having some really depressing, like, auditions for really small parts that I'd always joke with my agent, like, does this part have a name or are they just, like, take <laughs> number three, you know? And, and so I decided... I can give that up for now and I'll go on to location with David, which was in Canada. So that meant, you know, moving our whole family up to Canada, getting a house in Canada, taking our dogs to Canada. And um, to make it worth it, I really needed to, to work on the show. This was um, Dawn of the Dead. So I needed to make a job for myself with David. And so I became the coordinator for the shop, which meant, you know, I filled out help people fill out their paperwork when they got hired. I kept the books. I met with the producers about the budget. I would um, do the scheduling and um, hire all the artists to be on set. And I was never a makeup artist. I was always an actor. So, you know, I, I was always really jealous. Like anytime an actor would come in to get a live cast, I was like, oh, I can't that be me. I would <laughs> love to play that part. And you know, watching Sarah Polly be that character, which I just thought was such a great role. And right. so deep down, I'm like deeply jealous of all these leading ladies. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, anyway, so I was pretty good at it. And I do like leading groups of people. You know, I've always been that kind of a person who likes to solve problems. And uh, so my husband and I realized we had a, a pretty good relationship that way. And so we just kept at it. And after, you know, we did lots of different movies, but I'd say that Cabin in the Woods was the next really big movie that we did. And it was a huge, huge undertaking. <laughs> Where Dawn of the Dead had massive amounts of extras. They were all pretty much wearing very similar makeup. Like, right. made a lot of zombie makeups, you know, and that we, David kind of invented that look of the zombies that they look like they've five days decayed. Right. They get 10 Love days it. decayed and then three years decayed. You know, they're like just constantly decaying with that palette of really grody yellow and dead looking skin. So we just made tons of makeups like that. And then we had the few features of um, the little girl with no lips and mm -hmm. a few of those like um, Vin... Uh, being Rames's arm and the pregnancy. Yes. Like, there were some big featured makeups in that as well, but a lot of zombies. So it was managing a ton of extras, like hundreds of extras on a day. How are you going to get them in makeup? How are you going to spray them with vomit? How are you going to, you know, do it? <laughs> so that was my <laughs> 14 canisters of blood and 16 canisters of vomit and <laughs> planning and getting the supplies and running downtown in my car to buy stuff. So... I was that gal, you know, and then with um, Cabin in the Woods, it was all these different characters. They all had to be original. They they couldn't 
they were like kind of looking back to the classic age of Hollywood's monsters, but then they had to be very different. So we, we, we hired a huge crew and all were incredibly talented, had them in a big shop in Burbank. I don't know. We probably had a payroll that was like 50 or 60 people. Wow. wow. It was really a lot of work. I actually hired my sister-in-law to help like do payroll and it was just nonstop work until we got all that stuff up into Canada where they shot it in Canada. And then my husband moved up there and worked for several months and I didn't go. But um, that on that movie is when I decided to make my own film, I Am Nancy, because I was so like hidden under all the paperwork of this movie that right. I kind of lost my sense of being, you know, an actor, being right. Nancy. And one day I called Wes Craven's office just to see if he wanted to go see a film. They were showing Nightmare on Elm Street somewhere. And his secretary said, um, Heather, what? Can you please spell your last oh, name? Oh, no. Okay, we spelled my last name. And then I hung up the phone and I kind of like a tear formed in my eye. Like, look how, look what's happened, you know? And my sister-in-law said, no, you are Nancy and you are, you just have to pick yourself up and we're going to make this movie. And I'm going to show you, my, my sister-in-law was like, I'm going to show you that you are, you know, really important to a lot of people. And so we embarked on the I Am Nancy project. And over that year, it makes this a year to make, I got this sense of just not only admiration for my fans, but I really learned how important Nancy Thompson is to so many yes. people in the world. And uh, that was a big, big turning point that for me is, and it was, I really owe it to Arlene Marischal who made that movie with me because she just kicked me in the butt and just said, <laughs> you got to get out from under this mentality that you're nobody, you know. Shifting gears a little bit, can you talk about your role in Portal? I know it, it came out recently, and yeah. it sounds like a really cool premise if you just want to talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so um, a good friend of mine told me about this movie he was producing, and I said, that sounds great. I you know, mm -hmm. love that part. It's, um, yep. you know, it's a woman who suffered, her whole family gets kind of killed by the dad but really he's you know he's saving them from this evil demon that's going to possess their souls basically so she survives and lives to tell about it and these other you know other folks are approaching uh the house where all of this happened to her and she serves as this warning and uh, and they don't listen obviously they never do <laughs> and then um she has to help them get out of this possession that's, you know, that's going to take over all of their, all of their souls. So it's a very like um, traditional movie of a haunted house kind of idea with the demon. And uh, I was really grateful to get a part like that because it was tough and she was smart and she was, you know, you know, with the kids. I mean, it's the kind of part that I hope I get to play more of, um, and the movie was just beautiful, and you know, I I haven't been really following how it's doing out there, but all the kids that we worked with, uh, Ryan Merriman and oh, gosh, I'm gonna forget everybody's name now, but um, I'll look it up. They were all such good actors that, um, 
I did feel a little bit insecure, I have to say. They're all so good. They're really good. All right, Heather. The other day, whenever Brian and Mike told me the news that we were getting Heather Langenkamp on the show, I was kind of shocked at first. I had to get my stomach, you know, my heart out of my stomach. But <laughs> a question that instantly came to my mind is Nancy Thompson is known as one of the greatest, quote unquote, final girls in horror history. And like you said, you worked on Cabin in the Woods with another legendary final girl, uh, Sigourney Weaver, Ellen, Ellen Ripley, and Anna Hutchison. Honestly, she was, uh, I can't remember her exact title, but she was uh, Lyta in the final season of Spartacus. She was a very strong woman as well. Who are some of your favorite final girls, final women in horror or anything in general? Well, I have, I mean, Sigourney Weaver is just probably tops on my list. Um, mm -hmm. So I have to say that Jennifer Lawrence is one of them too. There you go. I think that, um, I think that her role in uh, Mockingbird and what's the name of the series? Um, the Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. The Hunger Games. Yeah. It, her role in the Hunger Games to me is most closely, is so close to Nancy at, yeah. in terms of the way that she yeah. had to solve all of her, you know, all of the challenges being presented to her. And, and also she just had to be such a fighter, even more so than Nancy. All of the physical work that she had to do in that role to me, I admire. When I saw that movie, it blew me away. Um, so I would say... You know, of course, all the Alien movies. And, um, you know, I even think Judy Garland in Wizard of Oz is such an inspiration. Right. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. really not that many women that I see that don't blow me away. I mean, God, Danielle Harrison, all of my colleagues, you know, Amanda Wiss. Whenever I see them approach their roles, I just, I feel like they're way better than me, actually. I never feel like I'm as good as any of them. And it's just, I feel... I like. I still have work to do to to do some. I mean, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis. You just never look at yourself in the in the same league as them. I never do anyway. I just still feel like I'm I'm a beginner. Um, well, trust well, trust me. Everybody else looks at you in the same. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I, I know. I feel like I I I hope I gosh. I hope I get another chance. I always feel like I can do better. I know I can. I can be better. Um, or, you know, I can just add another layer. I can add another dimension to this idea of the final girl. And what I was going to say earlier, but I didn't get to say, is, um, you know, part of being a final girl is just the recognition that women can play certain kinds of parts. And it was happening in the 70s and the 80s because everybody was giving women the chance to do things they had never done before. And um, Wes Craven was groundbreaking and, and making Nancy's character as strong as she was. But in general, you know, my, my work in the makeup effects industry has really challenged me to bring women into makeup effects. Because when we started, when I started being involved back in, um, you know, oh gosh, 1990 or so, we didn't have any women crew members except for the women who would help us with our wigs and maybe laying feathers and fur and things like that, that have been traditionally occupied by women in this field. But Dave and I, we really worked hard to have 50% women in our shop and we achieved it when we worked on American Horror Story um, and Freak Show. And then later on, 
um, with hotel, we would have 50-50 and it made such a difference in our shop to have equality and, you know, trying to help women actually get, you know, uh, equal pay is like kind of the next struggle, which, you know, was probably years away. But um, I was just right. thinking about it today because not just playing roles, you know, we actually have to institute this right. idea of stronger women in our workplaces. And so yeah. I'm really striving to do that. And I think Dave and I probably have the only shop in town that has 50% women. And we're really proud of that. It's great. Absolutely. And you should be. That's awesome. We 100% agree with you on that. Uh, you, you, okay. You spoke a little line I, and we didn't. I don't have any women on your crew here. So I'm going well, to. <laughs> hey, hey, the more the merrier. We've interviewed a ton of, hey, we've interviewed a ton though. And, and I know you're doing, yeah. you're doing your part. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, so you mentioned, or you kind of spoke a little line there and it got my brain going a little bit, got the gears turning. So I have oh, to yeah. ask since we have oh, you, yeah. if the right director, the right script, the right place and time, would you play Nancy Thompson again? Yeah. Without a question, I would, I would have to, I mean, I I know that there's so much more that Nancy could uh right many more adventures that she could have. I really think that I people approach me all the time telling me they're trying to think of that idea. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm you know I'm I'm curious that it hasn't happened yet sometimes and the fact that it hasn't happened makes me lose heart because that train of remakes and reboots and it, it seems right. like it's already left the station so I don't know if it's going to happen but I certainly would do it, yeah. Well, we're hoping with Halloween in 2018 yeah. and with this new scream, we're kind of getting – maybe yeah. the gears will start turning for so, for something to happen. We hope for it's it. It's a credit to Wes Craven's idea and his, you know, his career that very few people, I think, should right. feel qualified to take on that subject. I think right. – I don't know whether there's fear that to just honor his um, – you know, his legacy right. might be part of it because when they made the other reboot, he was still alive. You know. Right. Right. Absolutely. There was a little different, you know? Yep. So yep. now he's gone. And I think there's a sense of really big shoes to fill that a lot of might scare a lot of people off. As, as it should, as it should. Yeah. <laughs> Those are big shoes to fill for sure. So, a quick question. We started asking this a while back with some of our other guests, and we just kind of like to see everyone's experience. You've done some horror cons and conventions and stuff like that. What is maybe the best encounter you've ever had, the strangest encounter you've ever had, you know, something along those lines, whichever story you'd like to tell? Well, there's so many different kinds of flavors of uh there's the kind of interaction you have with somebody who has been really wounded in their right. own. Yep. And they let you know that you're, you know, that you helped them because of the role that you played. And you gave them a, like a pathway out of whatever difficulty that they were experiencing. And um, it's, I, I, I can name 20 different kinds of, Trauma, traumas and terrible experiences that people have told me they've survived with the help of Nancy's like, awesome. kind of guidance. So that kind of That's interaction good. is touching. It also makes me usually very sad. Of course. 
um, you see how poorly some children are taken care of and how violent our world is and all of those bad things in the world kind of show themselves in those stories. Absolutely. Um, but then there's also like, you know, meeting vets who like have a copy of Nightmare on the base and wherever or, you know, in these really small and out of the way places where they feel so isolated and alone and lonely for America. And then they'll tell you that they like to watch Nightmare on Elm Street and that makes them feel like really charged up and really happy. And like those, I really love those stories. Those are so, awesome. That's awesome. And I think the final story is like that I really love is how generations of like kids and their grandparents or a niece and an uncle or right. a, a grandparent and their grandkid would bond over this. Like that was the way to talk to other intergenerationally. That's the third way that I enjoy hearing about it. And um, I, there's no story that I don't love to hear. I mean, that's right. <laughs> making I Am Nancy, I got to hear such great stories. I wish I could have put them all in the movie. And uh, it's funny that last answer sounds a lot like Robert England's answer, which was the fact that Nightmare on Elm Street just keeps spanning across multiple generations. So that's kind of cool. Right. <laughs> I just met my first great grandmother and great grandbaby. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes. I thought grandma, it was amazing, but great grandma and, oh, and wow. great grandbaby now are watching the movie together, which is really interesting. That's incredible. It was crazy. Um, so I know with COVID kind of uh, halting basically everything in the world right now, um, do you have any projects coming up or anything that you're working on um, that maybe you're going to get started when everything kind of kicks back up or, or anything else you'd like to tell the audience about? Oh, gosh, you know, nothing. I mean, our makeup effects studio will probably go to work hopefully in the new year, though there's a few things on the horizon, but nothing really you know locked down it's hard in hollywood because you have all these people coming together on a set right the friends of ours who are working they're wearing you know full ppp and in little pots pardon me and just um you know if they say it's pretty miserable really miserable and whether insurance companies and all the business side sure. want to take chances on that is is really up in the air but i mean what i've been doing during covid is I have a story near and dear to my heart that I've been writing. I'm trying to make it into a TV series. It's not horror, unfortunately, but um, I'm really going to, you know, I love to write and I have a couple of horror scripts that are kind of more like comedy horror, you know, like, all right. I think, but um, you know, if that's all I'm can do right now is stay at home and write, that's what I'm going to do. So I spend a lot of my day doing that. Well, that's awesome. Uh, we're about to let you get out of here, uh, Miss Heather, but I just wanted to ask you one more nightmare question. Okay. Uh, what What was your favorite Freddy kill throughout the whole franchise? <laughs> oh. Because you, oh. you were in the movies that had the best ones. You think so? I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tina's, so Tina's kill, iconic. Jo Johnny Depp's kill. Uh, prime time. The Every puppet, kill in Dream Warriors, Terrence. which is my, one of my I mean, favorite movies ever. Which one? Every kill in Dream Warriors, which, by the way, is one of my favorite movies ever. 
Yeah, no, they were so creative. It's hard to pick a favorite, I would say. But you know which one I really like because my really dear friend, well, first you have Mandy, Amanda's in the in the room, which it's Thank so you. far beyond all of them that it's right. in its own class right. of crazy, right. scary scenes. And so violent that even today, I think it is just one of the best scenes ever done. But Absolutely. Absolutely. Like the more funny, jokey ones, the ones that are more like tongue in cheek, still horrifying. Yeah. But um, I think Brooke Thies with her arms snapping. Oh, Roach, Roach Motel. Roach, <laughs> that goes as, as far as funny one liners. Like, I think that might be my favorite one. And Brooke is such a good friend of mine that to watch her go through that. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> that, <wow. laughs> So that would be my pick today. I mean, it changes. It depends on how of recently I've seen it or, you know, all of that. So which ones are you guys going to watch for Halloween? Oh, I always watch Dream Warriors. Just so we're <laughs> like, always, always at least once a year I pop in Dream Warriors. So definitely. Dream, and the first one as well, obviously. Yeah, and unfortunately, we just – that hurricane just kind of hit my area yeah. and so oh, in Florida. Yeah. And so we are – like cleaning stuff up right now. I actually had to drive to get on Wi-Fi here today. <laughs> How much rain did you get? Oh, it was it was uh, about a hundred mile an hour winds for about six or seven hours just sitting on top of us. It was pretty bad. It was uh it was pretty bad. So are you are you in the Panhandle? Yes. Yeah. Right in Pensacola. So. Yep. But uh. It bad. It looks bad. But what about like the storm surge? Is that bad? Oh yeah, the entire yeah downtown Pensacola is underwater still underwater. right now. So it's oh, it's pretty bad. I hear that? Yeah, I actually didn't look at the news today. I was um yeah, every day somebody it's something yeah yeah the, the news yeah. is not good ever. <laughs> Mother Nature is unleashing her fury on us right, right? and uh, yeah whole- everyone has to be safe and just take whatever people tell you to do is just get out you know. We, we had our, our little town here in Malibu born two years ago. We lost, we lost about 450, 500 houses here in our town. And people are just now wow. starting to rebuild. And it takes years, you know. And that's what you have to have so much patience and have to help each other a lot. And um, I was just thinking today, like, how are we going to help the people in California? You know? Yeah, the whole West Coast. That's, that, that's crazy. It's yeah, just crazy. It's really, really hard. So everyone just be safe out there and no trick or treating out here. So it's yeah. gonna be <laughs> right. at home watching our horror movies with our popcorn. There you go. That's right. That's right. I like the way you think. <laughs> In costume. Yeah. Go Nancy. <laughs> I'd like to see more Nancy Thompsons for Halloween. I like and, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank and you. I really appreciate it. Yes, yeah, thank you so much. Just want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, with the success of Halloween, hopefully you get the you get a chance to redo Nancy Thompson one more time. If we can get Robert back, we got to get Robert back too. But I know, we, I, no, I have a feeling like he's sitting at home, like eating bonbons. He's like four pounds <laughs> now. I don't know. I seen it. <laughs> hey, he did it for the Goldbergs. He can do it for you. Come on now. No doubt. No kidding. Thank, I right. know. I know. It's terrible. Okay, let's all keep our fingers crossed, okay? Yes, Yes, thank you so much. Thank you you so much for joining us. You be safe out there. Be safe. And I just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.